I'm Kier from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows in the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 236 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss podcast continuing education. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we continue to welcome another podcast media host to the IAB certification. I don't know why that falls on us. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we run down some comments from our Discord channel. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to an all-new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say Stargate Pioneer is here again. I'm so glad to actually be podcasting, especially with Better Podcasting. I love the show, love talking to our audience every week, love seeing the chat in the chat room as we record live every week at Geeks.Live, whether it's this show or the Better Podcasting live show. But this week, more importantly, since I'm recording, I am not staining my fence right now. So that makes it all the more better. <laughs> you know, you should have done a podcast while you were staining your fence. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts while I'm staining the fence. And unfortunately, that means I'm staining my fence a lot. Fair enough. If you didn't know this, we like to, when we have one available, start off the show with a How I Save My Podcast story. This is where we ask you the listener or viewer to send us a story about something that went wrong with your podcast and how you were able to fix it. It could be uh, something big, could be something small. It's up to you. We just like to have this and share this here so that we can all get ideas of what you can do when things go wrong. And also just make sure that you know it's okay if things go wrong. It might not be over. It might be, but it might not be. And that takes us to today's How I Save My Podcast story, which is from who? It's from John Badger from the Mercury Theater Podcast. Hey, SB. Hey, Stephen. I love the show, and I'm glad I get to listen to people who know the struggles of making a podcast. Everyone at home gets bored of my constant excitement over something so geeky. So it's nice to know that I have a couple geeks in my back pocket. I am the producer, writer, director of the podcast, Mercury Theater Podcast. I have a horror story that had me reeling the other day. I had my podcast with all the sound effects and dialogue and music disappear at the 11th hour. Just gone. I had it saved 10 ways to Sunday, but the file I was working on in Audacity said the file couldn't be found when I tried opening it the next day. After over literally 100 hours, my work was reduced to a single mono track. I was stunned to say the least. Volumes were off. Timing was off. These minor details that make good into great just couldn't be mended like with 20 individual tracks. All because I changed the file name in the folder. Come to find out I needed to change the file name in Audacity instead of in the folder itself. 
I took the mono track, cut what was problematic, and corrected as necessary using files I had previously saved. It's not perfect, but given the circumstances, it's still pretty great. I hope this helps prevent people from doing the same. Thanks for listening. Oh, that sucks. Uh, you know, that's one of those situations where sometimes you have to learn through experience because it's a little thing that, you know, the reality is not everybody's going to do that same mistake. So you don't get a lot of people like us talking about it. And so then it's one of those quirks you have to learn from from experience. And it hurts. So I'm sorry to hear about that, John. I know it's probably been a coon's age, Stephen, since you've actually used Audacity for anything, but I use it every week for editing the audio version of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I use it to convert files to FLAC. That's what I use it for. <laughs> so you're in there, but you're not like working on projects or anything yeah. like that. You're early in my podcasting career. I did this, and that's great that you mentioned that not everybody talks about it because a lot of us that have been podcasting for a while have moved away from audacity. You and I both do our video editing over on movie studio and you do your audio editing over there. I do some audio stuff over on audacity for various reasons. But one of the things that I also remember about audacity is I have moved or changed files and I have not taken the audacity file with it, the project file with it, the one that ends in .aup, and it's a it's a folder with a bunch of .au folders in there, and I have not moved that, and man, things just totally screw up at that point in time. So if you've not saved your original files, you end up in the same issue that John did as well, and let me tell you, that is like crying when, when you are like a half an hour into your edit of an hour long podcast or something like that, or maybe almost finished. And then you, you shut down and you come back and you find this. It's, it's really, it hurts. So I understand I've been there. I'm glad that John brought this up for us on our podcast and to share with our podcast listeners, because it is something that happens all the time, really, especially with newer podcasters. So thank you very much for sharing this. We haven't talked about this in, in a long time. If you have a How I Save My Podcast story, send us an audio or video clip, or you can write us if you prefer, but send that to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Or if you want, you can do it in our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. But we would really love to have that video clip from you because we do have a full video companion to the show over at betterpodcasting.com. If you're a longtime listener or viewer of our show, you probably have quickly learned that one aspect of podcasting that we both enjoy is the learning aspect of podcasting. It's one of the things that is fun for SPNI. Whether it's hardware, software, or processes, we both really like to grow ourselves by learning about new things in relation to podcasts and our podcasting endeavors. This passion for ongoing education is something that we both share elsewhere in our lives as well and our other hobbies. For example, both of us enjoy doing activities where there is a steep learning curve. We both learned about drone flying a few years ago. We both have dabbled in smart home automation, some of us more than the other. But these are things that are steep learning curves, and we both enjoy it. It's part of the fun 
of podcasting and hobbies for both of us. But where exactly do you turn if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about podcasting? More importantly, where do you turn for ongoing learning on a hobby podcaster budget? Today, we want to talk about this area of podcasting because we understand that as a hobby podcaster, you may not have a lot of money to spend on education and growing yourself as a podcaster. But we do think there is a lot of resources available to you that are there to offer you a way to enrich your education of your podcasting endeavors. SP, why don't you kick it off by talking about some of the ways that people can learn? And please, please hold off on the $300,000 SP consulting fee. Please just wait on that. Well, it's it's now 500000 Oh, fair enough. But the first place that I want to talk about, about continuing education for podcasting is obvious. It's podcasts about podcasting. Spoiler alert, we're not the only podcast about podcasting out there. And there are more that continue to come out almost every month, really. There is a lot of experience out there that can be shared by podcasting. And while some of these podcasts about podcasting are meant to be used as a marketing tool for services or consulting, the bottom line is they are usually sharing something for free. Their experience and tips are basically their sales pitch. So while you may listen to a podcast about podcasting that ultimately angles for you to subscribe to a service or buy something, you can still get some tips and advice from those. But along the same lines, you can listen to podcasts related to areas that you want to work on in relation to your podcast. For example, perhaps you're wanting to learn more about marketing. Perhaps you could find some specific marketing podcasts to listen to. Now, in the past, we've broken down several different areas of podcast creation, so we won't get into that again right now. But there are a lot of different areas of podcast creation that relates to other hobbies and businesses. And you may be able to find podcasts that can help you grow on that part of your skill set. One of the best areas that we can refer to for ongoing development is YouTube for all sorts of things. Fun fact, I have used YouTube University for a ton of home-based projects and improvements. I just built a shed mainly based off of one or two YouTube videos. So it'll be interesting after this windstorm to see if it is still standing. Uh, it fell down. It's not there anymore. But hey, it was. It was for a bit. I bet you got some awesome video of it coming <laughs> down, too. While you may simply search for podcasting or podcast advice on YouTube, we'd encourage you to use YouTube to find some of those specific podcast creation skills that we were referring to earlier in the show. For example, let's say you want to learn a little bit more about creating artwork by yourself for your podcast. You might start by looking up some tutorials on how to use specific graphic design software or just design services. There are quite a bit out there. This is an area that, that might not directly apply to podcasters. It might not be aimed towards podcasters, but it's very relevant information to help you with that artwork for your podcast. But with a little critical thought, you can also use YouTube to help enhance certain core skills. Here's an example. Let's say that you want to learn a little bit more about microphones and what makes a microphone sound a certain way. If you look up some microphone shootout videos, 
you might start to pick up on certain similarities between microphones and start to connect those dots. You might start to notice that a certain type of microphone sounds a certain way, and perhaps you might find that a certain delivery method sounds a certain way, like people who talk closer to the microphone versus away, the proximity effect. There's more than just information that is being delivered to you in that YouTube video for you to learn. Really analyze the video, especially in things like gear shootouts, and that will really help you make yourself learn a little bit more about that aspect of podcasting. And this applies to more than just gear. Back to that artwork example. If you take a look at the person that's showing you how to use that service, you might find some shortcuts in there. For example, using hotkeys or accessing a menu through a certain way. Really analyze these videos and you can learn a lot by just doing some critical analysis. SP, you're the YouTube master. I know that you upload a YouTube video every hour on the hour. So you're the YouTube expert. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about what YouTube videos you would recommend. In all fairness, I'm pretty sure you upload more YouTube videos per week than I do. But we'll talk about some of the YouTube videos that I think are applicable to podcasting. And this is just types of YouTube videos. So obviously there's podcasting advice. Better podcasting is one of them. There are gear reviews out there and gear review could be anything from cameras to microphones to podcast gear, anything related to podcasting, uh, audio gear. There are editing tutorials. Both Stephen and I have shown editing on our Twitch streams, and then we've uploaded them to YouTube channels. So they're available out there, not just ours, but others. We were just talking about Audacity and how I saved my podcast story before. There are Audacity tutorials out there, and Audacity has improved over the years. So you want to make sure you get a tutorial on the same version that you're using. We have seen audio drama tutorials out there some of which are individual consultants that are giving uh, instructions. Some are in combination with some sort of event, and we'll get into that later. But there are videos out there for audio drama tutorials. There are voiceover tutorials, both on the equipment and in practice on how to tell a story, how to act, that sort of thing. You can get as techy as you want. There's cord management videos, organization videos out there. Audio treatment videos, if you need to audio treat your room for any reason, there are famously now in 2020, a lot of PC build videos out there. So if you are considering upgrading your computer, you can go there and you've never done it before. You can go to these channels and you can find out all of that as well. Both Stephen and I have done this before we built our own PCs before. So we're familiar with it, but I, I got to tell you, both Stephen and I Steven, you built a PC this year. You did view YouTube videos before you went and built your current computer. Yes, I did for reviews. Not so much the the how to build one, because that's something that I, I used to do. But yes, absolutely. Um, I, I did look up YouTube videos for for information on the parts and things like that. So I, that, which, by the way, when you're not building a PC every year, you do fall away from the knowledge on this. So I had to use YouTube to educate myself on where standings were with the different manufacturers. So absolutely, YouTube was a great resource for that. And I know in 2020, there has been a lot of new graphics cards that have come out this year that people would want to review on which one that they want to put in their podcast. If you are video, either YouTubing or podcasting with a video 
show associated with it. a graphics card is something that you're going to need. So these are all aspects of podcasting, which you can go to what I affectionately call YouTube University and find out different information from. But for both of these podcasts and YouTube, you should also consider the core subject of your podcast. If you are podcasting about something that requires experience, maybe there are podcasts or YouTube videos about something that can help you refine these skills. Perhaps, for example, you're a woodworking podcast. Maybe you can find something that can help you refine a new woodworking skill. Or maybe you're like me and you want to retire and cruise around the Caribbean. So you go to YouTube and you watch a lot of sailing, cruising YouTube channels. And it's not just about the sailing. There's a lot of real drama in those too. So if you like your reality TV, those YouTube videos are all about the reality TV. Let's go on from one thing that SP likes to another. SP, I, I call him king of Reddit, uh, at least for better podcasting. He's king. Of, he's resident king of Reddit. That's because he likes to hang out over there, and he has actively worked into a few podcast communities over there. And that's a great place that you can learn things for your podcasting skills. That's because there's a wealth of expertise and opinions over on Reddit. You might find something on Reddit that is hidden, uh, you know, in other areas of the internet because you got a lot of open dialogue happening. You might find that there's a certain post that's just blown up because it has evoked a lot of conversation. Well, the odds are that's not going to be prominent somewhere else. So there's a lot of really good information over on Reddit. And Reddit posts are inherently community self-policing by upvotes and downvotes. So it can kind of help you gauge what people are feeling is relevant information. But you do want to take a few cautions with Reddit. You do get what you pay for. And I don't believe you pay for Reddit. The advice may only be soundbite deep. People on Reddit can and sometimes do intentionally troll. And the advice you might get is not always necessarily the most truthful thing in all situations. Sometimes it's even purposely misleading. Unfortunately, that's the reality with any open community like that. Also, tends to be a tendency for certain people to make these posts self-serving and self-promoting. So you got to be a little bit aware of that as well. Reddit is not necessarily just intuitive for somebody that's never been on Reddit before. So if you've never been on Reddit before, just like you've never been on Discord before, you should get on there and just learn how everything works for a while. I know I spent many months trying to figure out how it worked before I got into it. But once you get into it, it is very, I won't say intuitive, but you, you just get used to it and you can move along. Plus in the weeks or months that you use to get used to it, you're going to learn a lot of stuff too. You just might not be able to ask questions or speak up on somebody else's post for a while. I mean, you can, but you just probably should listen and read quite a bit, see who the main players are, see what kind of advice you're going to get from certain people and that sort of thing. So there is an experience factor to Reddit if you're not used to it that I would recommend that you get used to before you dive in headfirst. The next thing that we want to talk about is, it's fun for me, it's something that we're going to refer to for this episode as reverse engineering something that you like. Essentially what this is, is you identify something that you like 
and then you try to figure out what they did. So you might listen to a podcast that you like and try to figure out what they did to achieve that thing that you like. For example, maybe you're listening to a podcast and you really like how an intro sounds. Like it's really, really, really good. You just know that there's something about it you just are in love with. Why does it sound so good to you? You need to analyze that and figure out why does it sound so good? Where's the appeal? Is it because the music is balanced with the voice? Is it not overpowering? Or maybe it's the reverse, where there's a powerful part within the intro script that the music just crescendos. You don't know. You got to analyze and figure out what it is that you like about that. Maybe there's sound effects in that intro. What's the timing like with the delivery? And what is the overall script? Is it uh, written in a certain manner? Once you've identified what specifically it is that you like, now you can start to figure out what you need to learn in order to achieve that. One way that you could do this is to create a one-to-one recreation of the thing that you're liking. Now, know with this, you're going to be blatantly uh, copying somebody's properties. So we believe that this must remain an offline activity because you're plagiarizing somebody's property in order to learn these skills and figure these things out if you're doing a one-to-one copy. But it can be a really good way to hone in those skills that you need in order to tinker with the different elements to recreate this thing that you like. And as you go through that, you're going to learn these skills and then you can turn them into an original piece. I think it's fair to say that all musicians did not start off with an original piece. They started out learning an instrument using somebody else's music or singing someone else's music. And eventually they started to create original works. So this is sort of that same application. You're going to learn somebody else's property and the way that they did that, and then take those skills and apply them to your own podcast. This is really something that I enjoy doing. I've done this on many, many occasions. I actually have done this since I was young in the website of things as well. I remember thinking that there was this radio station. They had this really cool YouTube flash intro splash page. And I just thought it was really cool because it was it was a YouTube promo that they had at the station and it just had this like reveal concept. And I thought, hey, this is really cool. How did they do this? It's, it looks neat. And I went and I ripped it off exactly as it was, figured it out and and then applied those skills elsewise. So I, it's pa- a part that I'm really passionate about. And I think you can really learn a lot just by trying to recreate something. I did learn a lot myself because when I took over both Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Starling Tribune, I was never given the source files for like the intro and the outro. So I had to recreate that if I wanted to change any part of those, I had to recreate them. So I did. I spent a lot of time because I was really new to podcasting. I didn't know how to audio edit as well as I do today. I spent a ton of time recreating those just so I could change them up. Now, they were my own property because I did have the rights to both Starling Tribune and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time. But this is uh, something that I ran into along the way where I took something over that became my property and I had to figure out how to make it because I needed to change it eventually too. There's reasons why I won't get into it right now, but I did go through this and I learned an 
awful lot about audio editing and music mixing during this. So yes, recreating something even on your own podcast. If you want to remaster your own stuff even better, you can learn a lot along the way as well. Of course, you won't always be able to figure everything out, which takes us to the next suggestion that we have for you. Just ask someone. If there's something that you like, you can try asking them. They may not always give you the information, especially if they're trying to sell you a service, but they may give you information on how to do it. Your expectations should be realistic. You probably aren't going to get a step-by-step process, but they may point you in the right direction. Our audience here is a great example of that. We regularly get questions about certain aspects of podcasting, and we do what we can to ask, and sometimes our community helps as well. Every time this happens, somebody is continuing their podcast education. I love every single time it actually comes up. Fun fact, I actually have a mail rule set up so that any requests that come into me automatically forward over to SP. Yes, and I have seen that many, many times, and I have responded for Stephen many, many times, unless it's something that I make Stephen respond to, and then he usually gets back to somebody in a couple of days. But if it's me, I usually take care of it right away. Now, another place or event that you can find skills and continuing education is a conference or an online event since it's 2020, right? Now, my thoughts I guess our thoughts on podcast conferences have been well documented here on the podcast. Spending $2,000 to $5,000 or more for a hobby podcaster is a bit excessive, especially if you're not monetizing your show. Now, I say that and people have hobbies that they spend millions on, but for most hobby podcasters, I'm guessing somewhere between two and $5,000 per conference or event is going to be a a bit much. However, if you can find a local conference that you don't have to spend time, money, and vacation time from work to attend something local, they do have educational sessions at these events. Plus, the only really benefit that we've been able to surmise from these activities have been networking in the podcast space, but that's mostly from professional podcasters and benefits professional podcasters. And most of the information that you hear in these sessions, you can get on some of the podcasts and YouTube videos that we were talking about earlier. The other benefit that we might say about the podcast conferences in person is you might be able to get your hands on some gear as well and test it out or at least see it in use. But it's 2020. These conferences have not happened. They've all gone virtual this year because of the pandemic. If you can find one of these online events with the skills that you are interested in that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, these might be good learning experiences too. Now, your ability to ask questions might be limited as per in person, they might not be as limited and networking opportunities might not be as great. And let's face it, you might be tired of all these online meetings from teleworking as it is, but These events could be options as well. I'll just say your mileage may vary per event, basically, here. And the last thing that we want to mention is you can use one of my favorite things, which is self-criticism. Yes, you can learn a lot from yourself. We've talked before about how we think it's beneficial 
for you to do a dry run of your podcast before you launch your first episode. Ultimately, the basis for this idea is that you're giving your podcast a try, you're analyzing it, and you're learning what you don't like and what you'd like to improve. It's really helping yourself learn from yourself. Listen back to your podcast from time to time and think about the areas that you'd like to improve on and then figure out how you can do so. That might take you to some of those YouTube tutorials or those podcasts that we talked about. For example, maybe you really don't like your delivery on your podcast. Why don't you like that? If it's because you're constantly flubbing your words or constantly stuttering and things like that, maybe you need to take a listen to a YouTube video or a podcast about public speaking or general speaking. That might help you. Now you have something that you can really focus on in order to help grow yourself. But it doesn't always have to be about the things you don't like about your podcast. It could be about something that you do like, but you think you can make better. There's lots of opportunities to improve even a good thing. So identify some of these things and what resources are you going to be able to use in order to improve that area? I always like to do that, uh, especially with my, my video passion and my background. That's a big area I like to look at and go, I like how that looks, but I think I can make it better. Yeah, we've also, and we didn't talk about it here, but there is also courses available that you can get from outlets like Skillshare and stuff like that. So you can find something but if you can get it for free from a reliable source, and there is a ton of those available in podcasts or YouTube videos or books, then I would advocate going that route first, especially for a hobbyist to start out. Now, how to select what you want to actually research or what you want to enhance your personal education on. This can be really hard to figure out, especially if you've got a long list of things that you want to develop. There are some of our recommendations we have for trying to determine where to focus your learning efforts. And here are some. Let's begin in the place that we often recommend. Start by making a list that you want to learn about. This will not only help you put into words what you want to learn about, but it can be a key for deciding what you want to focus on. It can help you find those overlaps as you're looking for sources this can be especially important if you're considering paying for some sort of learning, like we were just talking about. You may find a course that covers a couple of the areas that you want to learn about, or perhaps if you're paying, it might cost you a little more to learn about multiple areas versus a single area, and that could offer you a better overall value. Now, when you have your list, we encourage you to start setting goals for yourself of what you want to learn and be reasonable. Try to find a balance of personal interest and benefit to your podcast. If you solely focus on what will benefit your podcast, you may find that the fun factor diminishes. And we're hobbyists. We like the fun factor. Learning something new can be really tough. And as we said before, podcasting can be tough. Combining these things can be a potential to really discourage you from podcasting if you don't find a way to balance it with the fun. That's why we suggest that you make sure that you don't focus solely on what would benefit your podcast most and you enhance that fun factor along with it. Additionally, we'd suggest you look at your list from the perspective of cost and availability. 
what solutions are available to you now and what solutions are available for litter or no money. And lastly, take a look to see out of these items, which resources available to you best line up with your hobby podcast. Research from many locations, but consider the source and how it applies to your situations. For example, courses on business may not be the best fit if you're podcasting solely for fun, or perhaps there's some form of learning that will help give you knowledge for ongoing content creation. For example, learning a new skill that you can apply to the source of your podcast content. In summary, continuing education is the basis of any skill, whether professional or hobby. Podcasting has a wide variety of skills to learn and keep current on. There are a variety of locations that you can use to help enhance your skills from. Key in on those skills that you do need to improve on and make a list of the things that you want to try to accomplish. And most importantly, don't forget to have fun as you're doing this, especially if you're a hobby podcaster, because that's why you started podcasting anyways, was for fun. Don't overwork yourself and make yourself regret trying to grow yourself. This is the Better Podcasting Download. Stargate Pioneer, I know that- Please call me SP. Oh, SP, I know that you, in addition to this show, The Gunna Geek Show, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., you have another podcast called IAB Certification Weekly, where you run down the latest week's IAB certification. So I will turn it over to you to talk about this next point. It was just by coincidence that I went to the IAB compliance programs or the companies that were compliant. And it's not just podcast compliance. They do a bunch of different compliance on there as well. And I saw that on September 21st, there was a new podcast media host that became IAB compliant. Now, this is the compliance that standardizes, for lack of a better term, the amount of downloads or consumption that you have for your podcast. And it's largely for advertisers, but it does standardize what is a download amongst a lot of or all of the media host providers and statistics providers on podcasts. There are slight variations between algorithms from company to company, but if you're compliant, I'd say that your plus or minus is a lot less than if you're not compliant with others uh, that do provide statistics. So the podcast media host that was found compliant was Buzzsprout on September 21st, 2020. We don't really talk a lot about Buzzsprout on Better Podcasting. That's for a few different reasons, one of which is the pricing plans are based on hours that you upload, not size. Now, I've had some experience on this in Spreaker. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. But if you're somebody that just can't think in terms of the size of your files, your audio files, your MP3 files that you're uploading for your podcast, maybe this would be a better fit for you. Also, Buzzsprout does re-encode the audio to industry standards. So for a lot of people, this helps. If, if you're not attuned to knowing what a sample rate or a bit rate is, you know, maybe this will help. Like if you upload something that's outrageous and outside the norms. The other flip side, though, is that if you want to do something that's a little bit higher quality, they don't let you do it. 
Now, there are reasons why they do it. And like I said, it's to keep everybody within standards. But if you want a little better quality out there, then this isn't for you. Also, they do limit your monthly bandwidth. And this I have probably most of the issue with because if you have something that goes viral, it's going to be limited. Now, odds are Buzzsprout or you can contact Buzzsprout, but Buzzsprout is going to contact you, say you're at your limit and you can find out why. If it's just bots, then that's one thing. But if you legit have like a good interview out there that gets picked up by a lot of media outlets and all of a sudden you reach that bandwidth limit, your podcast isn't going to go anywhere. So you're going to have to increase your plan or, or make other arrangements with Buzzsprout. Other places that don't limit your bandwidth, this is not an issue with. Now, they might contact you later if your podcast goes viral for multiple episodes and they say, well, you need to up, you know, give us a little bit more money. We've heard stories of this. I can point out specifics offline. But with this, I, I do have an issue, especially if you do have all like for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have over 350 episodes, right? So if I go viral on there for some reason and somebody wants to listen to everything that we've done on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm going to hit that that uh, bandwidth limit a lot sooner than somebody that only has like one show that goes viral or something like that, one episode that goes viral. So I do have probably the most issue with that. And that's why we don't talk about Buzzsprout, but Buzzsprout is now IAB compliant with their statistics. Yeah, I got to say, you know, I've been really happy to see anybody getting added to this um, certification process because really when it started out, there was, I think there was some concerns that it was going to be a few key companies and that was the way it was going to go. And if you only have a small percentage of companies endorsing the standard, then it's not really going to be a standard. It's going to be something that they've opted into. But when you see a whole bunch of companies of a whole bunch of different, um, I guess, pricing styles or pricing models, now it is working towards a universal standard, which is really what we need for podcasting. And hopefully that will encourage some of the other people who have been kind of holding off a little bit to realize that, okay, it's time to get on board or get out. So that was some news that I came into since the last time that we recorded that I wanted to make sure that was out there. There's other things that happen in the podcast space. If you have something that you want us to cover on a future download, please let us know and we will cover it. Make sure we cover it on a future download. But for now, I want to ask for your help. Yes, you listener. I'm not talking to you, Stephen. I'm talking to the listener here. And I want the listener or viewer on YouTube to let me know, I've got a, a few new things that came in the mail in the wow, past week. Wow, Blue Yeti. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, wow. Right. No, that actually that will happen eventually, <laughs> but it will also entail me running over it. And I might actually do that up at the lake because I have industrial destruction machines at the lake. So that might be cool. Uh, like a log splitter, you know, a snow removal technologies, uh, boat lift technologies. So there's a variety of different ways that I can use to destroy Blue Yeti. I think you just committed to getting a snowball as well. Wow. That would be cool. Like in the winter. Yeah. And drop it down the lake. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd have to bring it back up, but you know, otherwise I'd be littering. Right. So anyway, I got a Zoom PodTrack P4. I have not unboxed it yet. I have a few things going on in my life. 
like fence painting or staining that need to be done before I do this. But that is why I'm talking about it on this show, because I want to hear from you before I put a video out on this on our YouTube channel, on the Gonna Geek Gear YouTube channel. I want to know what your questions are on this. Now, I'll probably do an unboxing. I will ask the same question. And I will then do a more complete review of this Zoom PodTrack P4. So this is one item that I have that I want your comments on. What do you want to know about this? The other item, or I guess I should say items that I want to know what you want to know about is the Zoom ZDM1 podcast mic pack. Now, this is not just the Zoom ZDM1 microphone, but it is also their new headphones. Now, I will be doing the same thing here. I will be unboxing these. I will be asking, what do you want to know over on the Gunny Geek Gear YouTube channel? But I'm going to ask the question here as well. So get your questions into us. You can comment on this video on YouTube. You can comment in our Discord channel, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Or you can send us an email at podcast at betterpodcasting.com and let us know what I need to concentrate on and what I may need Stephen's help in concentrating on in order to test these out to make sure that you get your questions answered on what you want to know about these. Now, just in case you haven't heard what these are, the Zoom PodTrack P4 is a new audio recording device. You can think of it in terms of the handy recorders. I talked about the Zoom H8 last time, and I, I mentioned that I had a P4 on the way. And that is what it does, but it's got a whole bunch of other capabilities like a mix minus and multiple headphones on it, but it's got a limitations in terms of recording capability because they only send it out with uh, so much, not the variety that the H8 has. And the ZDM1 is a podcasting microphone, a microphone that's dedicated to podcasting, much like the Rode PodMic. So if you want to see comparisons or, or verses on different things, let us know. Might not all happen at once, but I want to know what you want us to do with these devices. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. Let's start off with a comment that we had from Ingenious One. Question for someone that doesn't have money to purchase a ton of equipment and wants to start a podcast. Bare minimal equipment that will give them decent sound quality. They recorded episode one with a cell phone between two of them. Stargate Pioneer, since I know that you have maybe something in your possession that we might have just talked about, I will turn it over to you to answer this. Yeah, so the big question here is how to get two microphones. And so first of all, we would advocate a microphone for each individual and yes, if all you have is a cell phone, you don't have a lot of money for something else. Maybe you should just keep to the cell phone. But if you're trying to make yourself have a better audio experience for your listener, you should have at least one microphone per each individual and that be a dynamic cardio microphone. And we can talk about which one there. The problem is our usual recommendation for somebody that's just starting up is like a Samsung QTU or an Audio-Technica ATR2100X or an AT2005. They're 
USB microphones, which is usually why we recommend them to start out with. But if you have two people recording in the same room, then all of a sudden you have two USB devices going into a single recording device, like an iPad, a laptop or PC or something like that. That is very difficult to do. We don't recommend doing it. There are ways to do it. We don't recommend doing it because we hear people having problems with it all the time. So then you're talking about adding another piece of equipment. Usually you can think of in terms of audio interfaces, but because, and I have not tested this, I have seen other people test it. So I am comfortable in quasi making this recommendation. It is $200, but this PodTrack P4 might be up your alley if you're doing between two and four people in the same room. So you have to think in terms of how much money that you are going to spend now versus how much money you're going to spend later. Like if you get two cheap microphones and a cheap audio interface going into a, a really old laptop, eventually that laptop's going to fail and it's going to lose a recording or something like that. And you're going to come back and you're going to ask, well, what should I do to prevent this from happening? And we'll go to our old standby and say, get a hardware audio recording device. So why don't you just skip that step, skip the audio interface, which would be a bad investment then, and just go for the P4. Like I said, I have to actually test this to make it a hundred percent recommendation, but I'm comfortable in recommending to you right now to at least think about it. Steven, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think once you've got two people physically in the room, having a physical recorder is a very wise decision because it is hard to do multiple devices stably into a um like a cheap laptop or something like that in the other thing you might be going well i know what i'll do i'll just get a uh samson q2u and we've both got a laptop i'll just record mine into the one laptop and they'll record in together doable but you will give yourself headache with digital drift if you have one of them that is not performing as well as the other for sure both clocks will will be out digital drift is something where Every digital clock is slightly, the timing is slightly off. So you get some things where one track will appear to, you know, drift out and then back and things like that. This is the thing that happens. And, and I know this because at one point, SP was recording on a Zoom H6. I was recording on a Zoom H6 and they would go back and forth. So two similar devices or same devices, it, sh it shouldn't have been, but it was. So this is something that could be a problem and throw in the fact that if all of a sudden one of those laptops starts to do like an update and then it bogs down your system, now you might get some dropouts of the audio and now you're going to have to fight, fight that. Plus, you're going to want a reference track to deal with all of this. So that means you're now putting in a third source. So it sounds like a really easy thing to do, but it might cause you more headaches than not. It is an option, but I would highly recommend multiple people in, in a room, get something that you can record like a handheld recorder or the whatever it is, the P44, whatever that is that you've got. The Zoom PyTrack P4 is what I have. There are a lot of different devices that can do it. One of the key problems in this statement, though, was bare minimal equipment. It, basically, the people didn't want to spend a lot of money. There is a little bit of money that you have to spend when you podcast and you want to make it better. And the show is better podcasting. So we recommend stuff to make your show better. And yes, we could 
talk about all sorts of hacks, left, right, and backwards. I mean, we basically do because we talk about making your podcast better with those hacks in mind, but audio quality is something that there is a floor to, and and we want to stick to that standard when you're recording. Like I said, if the phone has given them good enough audio quality, you know, maybe they just want to stick with that for now before they can get the money together in order to do a proper audio interface or a handheld recorder or even a desktop recorder. You know, you think in terms of the Zoom L8 or the Rode Caster Pro. I got that right this time. Um, uh, Before we jump off of this, I will say there are all sorts of creative methods that you can record multiple microphones through and like a splitter into a computer, but it's not great quality. Um, it's very, very hokey. Can I say that? It's, it's very, very weird. And I've done it. I've tested it. If you want to get creative, there are ways that you can do that, but it's never good with those sorts of connections to use them in ways that they're not supposed to be because the quality is not that great. If you have any questions about this, please let us know and all the ways to contact us or discord is probably the best place because it's not just us responding to you. It's other people responding as well as happened with this particular question. But moving on to the next question, Stephen, John as Badger, who actually gave us our, how I saved my podcast story at the beginning of the show. He also posted, I've gone through a ton of your backlog, but can't find any reference to anchor FM. Is there any reason for this, Stephen? So we have, we have mentioned anchor.fm a few different times. We've had concerns. We've made jokes, uh, things like that. And the bottom line is that anchor started out as a free model and we've, It comes down to the fact that we're not huge advocates of a free model because the industry has a reputation of showing that that doesn't always work out. There have been, even since we've done this show, several free podcast hosts that have come up and either gone away entirely or had to switch to a paid model. So there's kind of a history of showing that free doesn't always work. And so If we're going to recommend a service to somebody, we're not going to recommend something that we think is built off of something else that we've or something that we've seen fail time and time again. It just seems like bad advice. Now, there have been situations that we've said, if X, Y, Z, and you dot your I's across your T's, it might work for you. But it's not something that we openly want to recommend it because of the fact that it is a free model. Now, the the traditional thing is is what we have said which is that it's not we've it, the history seems to say it's not a sustainable model with media hosting just just what we've seen with the different free hosts however when you look and you go hey well spotify bought anchor for me personally when spotify bought anchor that instantly was like okay financially wise I'm not super concerned about anymore because they paid a ton of money for it. They're backed by somebody big, but it shifted to a whole bunch of other questions. What is Anchor's plan or Spotify's plan with Anchor? And that has only compounded since we have seen the Anchor crew go pretty quiet since they were bought by Spotify. When they first started, I, I think it's a fair statement to say that they rubbed a lot of the traditional hosts the wrong way because they were active everywhere. 
They were all over the place. They made a very, very good name for themselves with their interaction. And for me personally, once Spotify bought them, that has subsided significantly. So I question like, what is the plan for Spotify for spot? What is Spotify's plan for Anchor? Because we don't have a lot of updates. So now my concerns are in a different manner. Is it something that they are going to keep trying to build on? Is it something that they are going to eventually make it more of a paid service? I don't know, because when you think about it, Spotify's made a ton of progress with getting into podcasting. So they have they're starting to get a certain clout in podcasting. And what could that mean for Anchor? Could it be the fact that, hey, we're going to all of a sudden be like, you got to use Anchor to get in Spotify and you got to pay or, you know, what? what is the, that's just a random thing. That's not a rumor. I just a random example I threw out there before people say, hey, that's not a rumor. But I don't know what the future is for Anchor. And so now I have a whole other level of concerns recommending them. But by time will tell. They are owned by Spotify. One other thing that I've noticed with Anchor, and really it's a Spotify charged thing, is that they tend to remove your podcast for a lot of terms of service issues that are not prevalent with other media hosts. Uh, One thing of note is music podcasts, and I'm always of the ilk by saying you probably shouldn't be doing music podcasts for a lot of rights issues and eventually you might get a takedown notice even if it's beneficial or not and that sort of thing but the companies that are really hard over on this as actually spotify because they don't want music in your podcast they want to stream music on their spotify service so that is one example of why i wouldn't recommend anchor.fm for a lot of people is their ability to do a lot of takedowns now With that said, usually there's, whenever I hear about a takedown on Anchor, it's, there's usually, I always question because there's usually something associated with that takedown that I can see, but that's not always the case. So in, in any event, it is a reason that I would defer to other podcast media hosts because Uh, Working with Anchor through those issues can be difficult because I have heard that they, I mean, they just delete the whole thing and then you have to fight to maybe get the files if you haven't saved them somewhere. So, yeah. And SP, why don't you take us to our last piece of feedback that we had, which was a follow up to the last week's episode or the previous episode. Yeah, I believe we called this username DR Bex and in retrospect, I should have said it's Dr. Bex. So uh, LOL, just listened to this week's Better Podcasting episode. Yep, totally forgot to follow up. So here's what happened to my sound guy, aka my musician husband. His Apollo, which was about eight or nine years old, died, but he was able to rig something to make his Apollo twin work. It didn't help him with all of his needs, but it was enough for him to do the work he needed for my episode. He over. He ordered an overnight replacement with the Apollo X8 from Sweetwater on Monday and was up and running by Tuesday night. Good thing, because he had his own deadlines as well. A stressful 24 hours and a huge expense we weren't planning for, but it needed to be done. Luckily, Sweetwater had a 36-month no-interest plan that we could take advantage of. And bonus, I didn't have to piece things together. And episode 23 of Why Do We Read This was released on time. 
So yes, it was Why Do We Read This with Dr. Bex, and we don't talk about it very much, but the Apollo 8 or the Apollo X8 is a very incredible audio interface slash digital mixer, really, and it is very expensive, which is why we don't talk about it a lot of better podcasting, because neither of us can afford one. Plus, uh, it goes back to the 60s, right? That was the Apollo 8 you're talking about? Fun fact, I actually have the Apollo 8 stamp right behind the podcast gear on my desk. So if you want to make fun <laughs> of Apollo 8, we can do that all night long. It was the first manned mission that circled the moon. It went to the dark side of the moon and back. And, uh, you know, there's also you could talk about right stuff. You could talk about from Earth to the moon if you want to see uh renditions of of tv shows and and miniseries based on apollo 8 or you can just go in the historical archives and find out all about apollo 8 but no that is not the apollo 8 we're talking about we're talking about the audio interface for lack of a better term because it's a lot more than a standard audio interface apollo 8 i would never make fun of the apollo 8 because i get enough joy out of making fun of pluto so that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of Better Podcasting, episode 236. If you would like to chat with us before our next episode or after our next episode or whenever you're listening to this, please come to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We would love to have you over there and chat about podcasting and other things. It is the Gunna Geek Discord server, so there's other stuff in there like Geek Talk and uh, tonight, actually, right now, as we're recording this, because we do record this live on Tuesdays, uh, we have a group of people in there kicking off a little bit of a group gaming situation. I don't know anything about it. I'm trying to describe it. But hey, that's the type of fun that you've got going on in the Gunna Geek Discord server. So for episode 236 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying thank you to everybody who is watching or listening to us wherever you are. And I'm SP saying, let us know what your questions are on the P4 and the ZDM1. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. ZDM1. Bye. Could be something that they ask. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week. I actually have a mail rule that I just forward all the requests to SP. Wow, that's some banging. Hold on one second. Whoa. <laughs> We're about to get a Stephen Parental moment right now. Now, he just did mute his microphone, so we're not going to be able to hear anything. But yeah, that was his kids that you just heard there. Wow, that was the most egregious stuff. Usually, like the noise gate takes that out, and Stephen's microphone's able to. Uh, since a, a dynamic microphone is able to take it out. But no, that, that was probably somebody literally jumping up and down right above his head on the living room upstairs. Wow. That was, I haven't heard that sort of stuff for a while.
Yeah, that was a, a, a thump, thump, thump. Now, Stephen has two young boys and they're pretty close in age. So you can imagine some brother v brother activity going on. And if I there. have to come up there again, I'm going to send you to Uncle SP's house. Uncle SP's. 